Welcome to Make It Human's first episode on climate change. Well, kind of second. We did a little coverage of the ASI election, but the window of relevancy was pretty small there, and more people ended up voting to change Cal Poly's logo back then on the election. But uh, anyway, welcome to the first episode. Danielle and I will be talking a fair amount about climate change and sustainability over the next couple episodes, which tend to be fairly ambiguous and complicated topics for a lot of people. Climate change is like warming of the earth and the ozone layer and the animals dying, but also the oceans and plastic straws, but also a green new deal. So can we straighten these terms out a little? In school, we are told that a good paper starts with defining the terms you're using. So everyone is on the same page about what we're talking about. So let's do that. This is Make It Human. <laughs> reprise of our boy Martin Buber, where all this started. He gave us the I-it relationship, where we can limit our world to objects and entities separate from us, things that we use or experience. And he gave us the I-thou relationship, where the relationship between the I, the meanness that I experience in every moment, and the other is not so separate. And the bounds between my meanness and the other's thatness is blurred. It would seem then that a definition is more in the I-it category of life. Definitions help us clarify, identify, separate the thing from the me. But making the it human is about breaking this sort of separateness down. So how will we get to the thou, the human, when we're defining? Well, settle down, Paul. Let's just give it a moment. We'll come back there, don't you worry. Danielle will be looking at the ways sustainability has been constructed both by Cal Poly marketing and by organizations on campus who seek to make Cal Poly more sustainable in various ways. So, sustainability constructed. Well, if it's constructed, where does the word come from? How can we actually say anything concrete about it at all? So we asked a few professors at Cal Poly from various disciplines about how they define these words, climate change and sustainability, and how they might be related. We'll hear from them again later in a couple weeks, but here we will see how each definition shares common threads that each tell a different story about these words. First, Dr. Amelia Andrews, a political scientist at Cal Poly who researches how tools from psychology and environmental policy interact. So Dr. Andrews, what do we think of these terms, sustainability and climate change? So they're, they're completely different things. Okay. Like in, in my mind, they're completely different things. So sustainability applies to environmental issues so far beyond climate change, right? Sustainability is about the Earth's capacity to regenerate to maintain what what we've got kind of going on here right um and climate change see the thing about climate change why it might seem like they're interchangeable terms and how i think these things get conflated a lot is because climate change touches on like almost everything that we do right. you know like it is such an enormous issue that deals with so many air, different areas, different fields, different kinds of experts. Who doesn't it touch, right? What field doesn't it influence? We have the wanting to tackle issues like the root causes of, 
and that's like more abatement kind of strategy and then we also have mitigation strategy climate change mitigation so how do we deal with the effects of mm-hmm. right as with any policy issue you can try to address any policy issue by under by addressing the underlying root causes of right sometimes it's possible to do that sometimes it's not possible to do that maybe because of the way that technology is maybe because it's outside of the realm of human intervention maybe because there are political elements that are getting in our way right that we can't underlie uh, um, address those underlying root causes of so maybe then the the answer isn't to try to get rid of you know the the underlying thing but to address the effects to the best extent that we can. And I think that that's where a lot of climate change stuff has gone. Um, Because it involves changing our behaviors like the least. (laughs) Okay, okay, I think I'm getting it. So we confuse these terms because climate change deals with so many different facets of life and sustainability kind of gets caught up in this word storm. So what about you, Dr. John Perrine, field ecologist and conservation biologist? What do you make of these words, sustainability and climate change? And then there's also that term green. Right. And we think, oh, green, it must be good, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so sustainability, you know, in, a, in a really technical sense, means that you can perpetuate it over a long-term period of time. Um, and it really traces its roots back to the word conservation, which um, was coined by Gifford Pinchot, the first chief of the U.S. Forest Service under President Theodore Roosevelt. And what he meant by conservation was the greatest good for the greatest number of people for the greatest period of time, so maximizing human welfare. And he realized that you maximize human welfare by not immediately liquidating a resource and turning it into capital. If you can use it over a long period of time, you will get multiple generations of benefit. And that multiple generations of benefit will exceed the benefit to any one generation. Uh, Climate change is just a different thing. It's almost an apples and oranges. They're related. I'm, I'm not sure to what extent you know climate change is sustainable and vice versa. I think I personally think of sustainability as being in the using of a resource. Um, and some of these resources that we talk about are renewable resources. They will, they will come back or they will recharge. And the classic example of this would be uh, groundwater or an aquifer, these basins under the water that we tend to draw water out of, principally to irrigate agricultural crops. And they'll naturally renew over time, and, um, and then we take water out. And if you take water out at a faster rate than, they, than, than the water's coming back in, then you're going to use it up. That's unsustainable. Just like if you spend money faster than you make it, you start dipping into capital. Right. And so climate change is, is, is kind of a different conceptual thing because we're, we're, we can talk about it not in the technical sense of being sustainable, um, but more in the popular sense of not necessarily environmentally friendly. Things that we would think are bad are going to happen as a logical outcome or, or more likely to happen as a, a logical outcome of current practices. And so is that good or is that bad? Kind of depends on who it benefits. Hmm. And so if the climate changes, you can almost think about this as the climate changes almost as a water level rising, right? It's not a, a great analogy, but it works in the short run. Um, and so a species 
will want to maintain its environmental context, its environmental conditions. It, it likes a certain climate. And so if, as, as climate changes, the, the geographic locations of those climate patterns change on the landscape. And so if a species likes an average temperature of 14 degrees Celsius and the world around it is getting warmer, it's going to try to move to some place where it's 14 degrees Celsius. And if it can't move, yeah. then it's going to have a problem. And if it's highly mobile, then it will be very, maybe it will be very flexible and yeah. adaptable. So we don't really know exactly what's going to happen. Perhaps it would be foolish to think, well, we don't know what's going to happen, but we're pretty sure it's going to be okay. Like that doesn't seem great. That doesn't seem what's called precautionary. Mm -hmm. The precautionary principle in environmental science kind of means start bad and work backwards. Yeah. It's kind of assume a worst case scenario. And then if you cover your butt for the worst case scenario, then you'll likely be okay, even if it doesn't happen. All right, all right, I see. There are these shifts in temperature that could have certain effects on what's on the land. And in a lot of instances, we aren't sure the outcome, but it's better to prepare than to get in a hairy situation down the road. Well, so what about you, Dr. Greg Bohr, a social scientist of the environment? What do you make of climate change and sustainability? Okay, well, let's, let's go back to my definition. What specifically are you sustaining in, in what condition and, and for how long? Mm -hmm. In the case of climate change, um, it's... it's and sustainability, what we're really talking about here is, is what, what quality of future do we want? Some people say climate change is an existential threat to humans, that, that really, if we, if we make the atmosphere so, um, if we degrade the atmosphere such that it doesn't support life for humans, I'm not sure that that is um, as important as identifying um, what kind of quality of life we want. Um, uh, many species are able to adapt. I have no idea whether, whether we will degrade the atmosphere to the point where um, humans can no longer live. But again, uh, back to the definition, in what condition and for how long? How long, how long, long do we, long want, we humans want humans to be on Earth? That's an interesting question. You know, we've only been here a couple million years. You know, dinosaurs rate, you know, over 50 million years. We got a long ways to go to, to match that record. So I have no idea how long humans will be here uh, as a species. Uh, it, it is uh, a changing world. But uh, at least in the near term, the, the, the question is what quality of life do we want? And what it means, practically speaking, what it means is climate change will force us to change as a human species um, uh, it will force us to change where we live and, and perhaps uh, uh, how many people we can actually support in those places. Um, uh, there will be winners and, and losers in, in this, uh, in this new, new world uh, with climate change. Uh, it may mean you know, moving away from coastal areas. It, it may mean shifting our, um, uh, where we live to areas that have more abundant water and, and less drought. So it definitely will mean changes to us, and we have to, we have to ask whether those changes which are, are, are acceptable to us in the future or whether we should take action now uh, to, to, to sort of prevent the worst cases of, of those uh, uh, situations. Interesting. So the challenges that climate change may pose to us as humans 
forces us to confront those problems with solutions regarding sustainability. Three definitions, three ways of conceiving these words, each from people working in a Western scientific worldview. So how can people like us use these words in a useful and constructive way? Because that's the point of using language, right? Usefulness? Some philosophers of language may disagree, but for an issue like climate change, where as Dr. Bohr told us, humans may be having to make some serious choices about the lives we are interested in continuing to live, usefulness seems important because decisions must be made. But how can we, the public, the voters, the buyers, make any sense of the terms when even scientists speak in slightly different ways? Well, maybe in seeing climate change and sustainability as just that, complicated, multifaceted, nuanced, and involving many parts of life, this gets us closer to an I-Thou view of these ideas. There's a phrase that Martin Buber uses in I and Thou. It's das Zwischenmenschlich, or the sphere of in-between, the relatedness realm between people, distinct from a sort of collective and societal understanding of things. The sphere of in-between is unique to the I-Thou relationship. It's the space where understanding and true dialogue is possible. While we can't stay in this realm forever, this in-between is like the conversations we enjoyed, finding all the spaces for the abstract of climate change to materialize before us in some real sense. The Zwischenmenschlich doesn't make these words meaningless, but it shows us that we can relate to ambiguity in a variety of ways. And if and when these terms become abstract it's again, Buber tells us that in them we know the thou is still present. So hearing multiple perspectives allows us maybe not to get that sterile and simple I-it term we thought we wanted, and maybe closer to an I-thou where we are comfortable with the complexity of what is proving itself to be a very serious problem. And if you have any questions about this seriousness, I am happy to direct you to the latest UN-organized group of scientists, the IPCC, and the report on the details and implications of a 2 degrees Celsius temperature change. And with this greater embrace of the complexity as this I-thou view of the world informs us, we begin to see where our own I-ness, the separate self we seek to create by seeing the world as a series of its disconnected from us, and where this bleeds into the thou-ness of climate change. And we can see that the division between I and thou isn't so clear. It's even in this term, anthropogenic climate change, human-caused. We, the I, are inextricably linked and interwoven in this problem before us. And if we have any doubts, a report came out last week that we are seeing the highest rates of carbon dioxide, the most present gas that contributes to a warming Earth, in 800,000 years. That's us. So in the next two episodes, we will continue our journey into the I-Thou relationships we hold with sustainability and with climate change. So come along with us. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Paul Gillis-Smith. Our guests were Drs. Amelia Andrews, John Perrine, and Greg Bohr. Our music was all from our friends, Nikki Gurney, Austin Gandler, and Chris Hecklin-Kemper. Austin just released an EP. You should check it out. Get episode updates on Instagram at Make It Human Podcast and on Twitter at Make It Human Pod. Links to UN reports and stories inspiring this episode are on our website, makeithuman.squarespace.com. We're still too cheap to buy our own URL, but maybe someday. <laughs>